What's up, guys, and welcome into another Fancy and Sports podcast. It's your host, Vivek Iyer, and today we're going to be going back over both conference championship games, the Rams and the Saints, and the Chiefs and the Patriots, analyze them from both a fantasy and real-life perspective, and giving picks for uh, the Super Bowl. So now, let's get started. Alright, so just not even from a fantasy perspective, these games were incredible. It was one of the best days of football that I could remember, and both of these games ended up going into OT. So first, let's start with the Rams and Saints game. It was in the Superdome at New Orleans State's home stadium, and Jared Goff, he started off looking a bit frazzled. However, as the game went on, he started to play better and better. So, looking at the Rams' box score real quick, Jared Goff went 25 for 40 on his completions. He also had 297 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. And, a fun fact, John Hecker actually completed a fake punt for a first down and was 1 for 1 in this game, passing with 12 yards. That's just a random tidbit out there for all you who want to know. He's actually a very good passer. I think he's 12 for 20 in his career as a passer from being a punter. So, there isn't really much there. Jared Goff, I mean, 297 yards. He he wasn't amazing, but he certainly was good enough to get the job done. And he started off throwing a pick pretty soon into the game, but soon settled down and... Uh, became the vintage Jared Goff that we have seen numerous times in this season. So, looking at the running back situation, in fact, CJ Anderson received the bulk of the carries, 16 for 44, which isn't very efficient at 2.8 yards per carry, but Todd Gurley was even less efficient, with only 4 carries this game for 10 yards, averaging 2.5 yards per carry. He did save it with one touchdown, but even still, he he looked awful out there. And he numerous times was spotted on the sidelines, doing stretches, being on the stationary bike, and everyone thought that he was okay this week. So it's definitely something to look forward to in the Super Bowl, because by Super Bowl, he'll be completely right. And if he does not see the bulk of the carries, then we cannot look at him as a top 5, even top 10 pick for next year. We simply cannot. Because if CJ Anderson is out snapping or out carrying Todd Gurley like he has two games in a row, then Todd Gurley is not a first rounder in my opinion. Josh Reynolds, he always seems to be involved somewhat in the running game. Got one carry for 16 yards and Robert Woods got two carries. Both of those, they like running them on sweeps coming from either side and uh, getting their momentum going before the ball is snapped. So, the big takeaway from this is just watch out for Todd Gurley in the Super Bowl and see how the splits go with him and CJ Anderson. Because numerous times, Todd Gurley didn't even play on a series. And where it be due to injury or due to CJ Anderson's prolific stretch, CJ Anderson wasn't really that good in this game. And they could have gotten Todd Gurley back in if he was healthy. So, we just need to make sure... That uh, in the Super Bowl, he receives the bulk, the lion's share of the carries as he did before. Because otherwise, he is not a first-round pick. Looking for the receivers in this game, Brandon Cooks exploded for 7 for 107 in this game. 
no touchdowns, but he was incredible in this game and caught numerous long balls. Brand Cooks, he's a great receiver. He's bounced around three teams in three years, which often is a sign of decline or a sign of a bad player. But for Brand Cooks, it's just been pure unlucky. Like, he went from the Saints to the Patriots and now to the Rams. So, but I think he, he, he's got a place to stay now. Like, the, Ra- the Rams really need him, and he's been so good for this franchise. Josh Reynolds went for 4 for 74. Uh, again, was more of a deep ball threat in this game. And there isn't really that much to read into here. Um, Gerald Everett, good game from him. Very encouraging, especially for Dynasty. Only got two catches, but for 50 yards. And he was looked for numerous times by Jared Goff in this game. Sometimes he just wasn't open, but Jared Goff looked towards him to pass numerous times. Now, Robert Woods... Always receives around 5 to 8 receptions. And this time was no different. He received 6 receptions, but only for 33 yards this time. And although that wasn't nearly close to what you were hoping for, uh, Robert Woods, he's still receiving a large share of the targets. And this is an outlier game, in my opinion. Tyler Higby, their other tight end, Went 4 for 25 with a touchdown. And that was also encouraging for him because, again, like, this tight end situation in uh, in LA is somewhat weird because you have Gerald Everett, you have Tyler Higby, and no one knows in any given game which one's going to catch a touchdown, which one's going to be effective. CJ Anderson, Todd Gurley both received once for 5 and 3 yards, respectively. Uh, not really anything to look at by receiving yards here. John Johnson did uh, pick off Drew Brees once, and that's pretty much it for uh, the Rams. Other end, Greg Zerline, he's one of the best kickers in the league for them. Like He made two clutch kicks down the stretch, one in OT to seal it, and one in regulation to tie it. And... Greg Zerline is one of the best kickers in the league, and next year should likely be drafted as kicker one or two. Um, the, on- the only other person who you may consider is Will Lutz, who is on the other side for New Orleans. And although Harrison Bucker, the kicker for the Chiefs, is on a prolific offense, oftentimes they convert in the red zone, and that leaves him with a lot of uh, field goal or um, extra point attempts rather than field goal attempts. And he's also not the best kicker. Like, he he is prone to missing from time to time. Now, checking the stats, Drew Brees went 26 for 40, well below his season-long completion percentage, although still actually pretty decent um, compared to other quarterbacks. But he had two, two uh, touchdowns and one interception. So, Drew Brees this game, he was, he, he was actually pretty good. It was just that... The, the Rams played very well. On de- Both teams actually played very well on defense, especially the Rams' uh, defense, because the Rams' offense for much of the game couldn't get anything going, but the Rams' defense kept them in the game. For example, the first two drives, both times the Saints went to the red zone, both times they came out with field goals, which just shows that the Rams are able to minimize damage. Bend, but don't break. And they did not break this game, which is why the Rams won. 
And for a rushing attack, Mark Ingram led the way with 9 carries for 31 yards. Not efficient, 3.4 yards per carry. But Alvin Kamara was even less efficient. 8 carries for 15 yards, 1.9 yards per carry. And this was against a Rams defense that stepped up. And they were great against the run today. However, Alvin Kamara still managed to do his damage in other ways. Uh, catching 11, 11 times for 96 yards. And if you started him in PPR, DFS, like DraftKings, or even on FanDuel, you were pretty happy with what you got. Considering he didn't even get a touchdown, he produced in a big way. Ted Ginn Jr. had a monster grab uh, for 43 yards deep when Drew Brees needed a completion. Ended up with 3 for 58. And... It's very encouraging to see after his injury that he's still producing at a high level. Very quiet game from Michael Thomas, 4 for 36, and it seemed like the Rams just had their game plan to take him out. Just take Michael Thomas out of the game. They're pressing him very close, and they didn't really allow him to get many targets at all, or get many receptions at all because of how well they were playing him. Josh Hill, left with a concussion early in the game, did not return. Uh, one catch for 24 yards. Uh, Garrett Griffin. So, basically for him, he was signed by the Saints. First uh, reception of the year. Touchdown. in the, um, That was their first touchdown of the game. Uh, from Drew Brees to Garrett Griffin. It's just a great story for him. And, yeah, that's pretty much it from... The Saints side. The Saints, they they played well defensively. Demario Davis had one interception off of Jared Goff. And Will Lutz was 3-for-3 three three on his field goals. Kicked very well. But in this OT game, uh, New Orleans just wasn't able to pull it out. And the Rams were the one who came out on top. So, and obviously, like the big fantasy takeaway from this game or from a Saints perspective, it's just, as I've been saying, like, if Mark Ingram leaves, then Alvin Kamara becomes a top three pick next year. All right, now let's look at the game that just ended, the New, New England Patriots vs. the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead, which is the Chiefs' home field. And Tom Brady in this game, down the stretch, was absolutely magnificent. He He, he put the ball in the places where only his receiver could catch. And he just showed us that, man, this guy isn't stopped by age. Like, Tom Brady, regardless of what people say of him, he is the best quarterback of all time. He is still leading the best franchise uh, and the best dynasty of all time. And he will continue to give it his 100% and lead his team to victory. Like, this game went to overtime and... Uh, the coin flip went to New England, and they didn't give it back. Crucial third downs over and over. Three third downs down the stretch in OT. Uh, and these were like over th- third and nines. Like third and nine, I believe, was the shortest one. Tom Brady was able to complete the ball at in such a small window to Gronk and Edelman. And it's just incredible what he's able to do at 41. He finished the game with 30 for 46, 348 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. And these two picks, one of them 
Or there actually could have been three very easily since it bounced off of Gronk's head's hands and um went to the Chiefs. However, there was um Apologies. There was there was a penalty that play on Chiefs D line. Now if we look at the rushing attack for New England, Tony Michelle, twenty nine carries for one hundred thirteen yards and two touchdowns. And he pulled off numerous long runs of around 10 yards or more. And he was the focal point of the offense today. This just goes to show for like ne- for next season, Sony Michelle is the workhorse back. Although, uh, Rex Burkhead also got 12 carries for 41 yards. And I believe two scores. They use Rex Burkhead down the stretch in OT. I think just because he's more experienced. And he's been in this situation over Sony Michelle, the rookie. But Sony Michelle is definitely the one to keep. And he is an RB2 next season, no doubt. James White rounded out with 6 for 23, uh, rushing. And obviously contributed to uh, on the receiving end, as he always does. With 4 for 49. Now, Julian Edelman, as the number one wide receiver for uh, New England... He went 7 for 96, and numerous times, like, both in the fourth quarter and in OT, Tom Brady solely targeted him and found him in the tightest windows, and Edelman and uh, Brady just have this connection, which makes Edelman so valuable for fantasy and just for that team, since they don't have anyone else. Gronk is washed, although in this game he is actually very good, but uh, despite that, in the entire rest of the season, he looked washed, can't move properly. Josh Gordon's off the team. Chris Hogan hasn't really had the same success as last year. Philip Dorsett is an auxiliary piece that's better as a downfield threat. And James White is a check down type of guy. So Julian Edelman is the one receiver they have and is a s- sneaky... He is a WR2 next season, but he could sneakily end up in the WR1 conversation, especially in PPR leagues. Gronk, I mean, this man, he he came back, and he showed up this game. 6 for 79, including on the final drive, he was targeted uh, several times because he's just so much bigger and more powerful than everyone else. It's a shame that all these injuries that he's been through just have broken down his body, and... We don't know if he'll be back for next year. For fantasy, that may actually be best because we don't know what to expect. But it's fitting that on the drive they needed the most, the Patriots were able to target Rob Gronkowski, and he delivered in a massive way. He had one catch um, in the red zone where he went over the back of a defender and brought it down, and it was just incredible to see what Gronk still can do, and his it's like recapturing what he once had. Chris Hogan, 5 for 45, received more receptions than he usually does, but and he had one major one uh, down the stretch, but other than that, nothing really to see there. Philip Dorsett, one reception, 29 yards, one TD. Uh, yeah, that that's pretty much it from the Patriots side of things. One quick thing about the Saints. Listen, like, the Saints, although they got robbed, like, that was a pass interference call. If you guys don't know what I'm um, talking about, just search up 
Saints pass interference, and it was down the stretch, blatant pass interference. But I think in this situation, it's justified to criticize the refs. But just off a tangent here, like, the refs are humans too. And just remember that when you're, like, um, criticizing these guys, uh, demonizing these guys. It's just, like, stop. Refs are people too. They get calls wrong. The NFL doesn't allow them to uh, review pass interference calls. Let's just move on from that. I mean, it was terrible for the Saints. I was rooting for the Saints, and I I was upset when I saw it. But they're humans too, so like, don't don't criticize them that hard for other calls. Like this call, yeah, it was very blatant. But just remember, like, they make mistakes. They're not robots. Like, just like Cody Parkey in the Bears game, like, as a kicker. After the game, there's so much uh, negativity going towards him. And although, like, after he went on TV and stuff and talked about himself over, uh, like, the team and stuff, like, there it was criticizable. But uh, as he missed that, there's so much negative feedback from the fans. Like, please, all these guys are humans. They all make mistakes. They're trained to do this, but anytime, like, if you're in a job and you don't do your work um, as well as you could once, like, that usually isn't a fireable offense. And just remember, like, these guys can make mistakes too. And even though they're in the NFL, even though they're making millions of dollars, they're also prone to making mistakes, just like uh, you and I. So let's quick move on to Chiefs game. So Patrick Mahomes, this game, he had several amazing throws. One, he threw sidearm with like 0.8 seconds until um, uh, Rosh got to him. Like It was almost an instinct throw. Threw sidearm to Sammy Watkins. Got that crucial first down uh, on a third and four. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is just so talented, and he isn't making a Super Bowl this time, but I suspect it won't be the last time he's in situations like this. Completion percentage, not great. 16 for 31, a bit above 50%, but considering the pass rushes the Patriots kept up the entire game, where Patrick Mahomes a lot of times didn't even have uh, two seconds to react, it's understandable, especially considering against a Belichick defense as practically a rookie. I know he played one game last year and he was on a team last year, but practically a rookie, never been in this situation before. Still putting up 295 yards, three touchdowns, and zero picks, zero fumbles. Like, that is remarkable. And we we need to just appreciate the greatness of Patrick Mahomes because... This kid is legit. He's going to light up the league for years to come. Damian Williams had a monster game. Only 10 carries for 30 yards, but they were behind most of the game and they needed to catch up. He had a touchdown there, but he did most of his damage in the passing game. Five receptions, 66 yards, and two touchdowns. Three total touchdowns for Damian Williams. And Spencer Ware had one target. For 21 yards. Did not rush. We need. 
to stop saying that Spencer Ware is the lead back. It's Damian Williams. Damian Williams was the one who received the contract extension two for nine million, two years for nine million. Next year, he is likely going to be underdrafted, but should be an RB one. And I can't believe I'm saying that about Damian Williams, but he should be an RB one, provided they don't get anyone else. Sammy Watkins. He limped off the field in the fourth quarter, but was incredible up to that point. Four, only four receptions, but for 114 yards. Coming up clutch, down the stretch, down the field, and also on that incredible sidearm throw. And it was great to see that. Tyreek Hill was mostly held in check this game. One for 42, just had one long reception. And they m- made sure to, like, uh, check check him and not allow him to be the one who beat the Patriots. Travis Kelsey, 3 for 23 and a TD. Pre- pretty mild game for him. That touchdown saved it. But overall, the Chiefs, first half, they were not good like at all. They, they were really bad. Patrick Mahomes couldn't seem to get anything going. But in the second half, they played one of the best halves of football that I have seen from this team. And they've had some very good halves of football. Daniel Sorensen and Reggie Ragland for the Chiefs defense got their two picks. And there are a lot of times, like th- this game, their pass rush didn't come up big. Uh, no sacks from the entire team. Which is incredible, considering you have D Ford. You have Justin Houston, and it's it's just, like, usually you see them get that, but, I mean, what can you do? Sometimes they don't come up big. Alright, so the, the main takeaways from this game, oh yeah, and Harrison Bucker came up big at the end of uh, regulation. Uh, his one field goal of the day, 39 yards, and... There aren't really many big takeaways from a fantasy perspective, but just like Damian Williams is legit, and this dyna- this is going to spark a new super team in the NFL. If they could keep this together with a quarterback on a rookie deal, they can go out, get free agents, and be the premier team in the in the league for years to come. And after Patrick Mahomes makes his bread. Rumors are they're going to offer him a $200 million contract, the highest uh, ever in NFL history, which is certainly well-warranted. That may Their window may become smaller and smaller, but for now, they are one of the premier franchises in the NFL. All right, so that's it for the games. Uh, we'll do a quick re, uh, re, uh, preview of the Super Bowl. And then we'll end it right there. So, it's going to be Patriots and uh, Rams in Atlanta. And just how good that Tom Brady looked down the stretch. It's And how pedestrian uh, Jared Goff was in the first half. I don't know. I, I, I really don't. Because... I think I'll have to go Patriots here because the Patriots are just 
they're always here. They're always in the championship, and they always find ways to win. Like, this time, they could have lost so easily. They had, there's numerous times where you thought that the Patriots were going to lose, and then they came up big yet again. So, I'll go Patriots next week. I've been picking off of the Patriots for most of this playoff, except against the Chargers, and I mean, and most of the season, too. I didn't think the Patriots were that good, but I'm going to jump on. I'm going to jump on the Patriots fan uh, like the Patriots fan cart and ride them Patriots into our Super Bowl for Tom Brady. Look for, in that game, uh, how well uh, each running game can do. Obviously, check CJ Anderson and Tom Gurley and see the splits between them and just see if Sony Michelle can maintain... His large runs coupled with his otherwise inefficient self. And see if he gets the bulk of the touchdowns as he has in the past two weeks. Alright, that's it for this podcast. If you guys would, if you guys like this podcast and want to listen to others, they're at patreon.com slash fantasy and sports. You could also get them on the CastBox app. Um, and I also occasionally post on SoundCloud. Uh, so if you guys want, go follow me on each of those platforms and on Podbean too. But the the issue is that SoundCloud and Podbean don't allow me to post unlimited amounts of audio. So I'll be posting primarily to Patreon and CastBox with Patreon having that um, exclusive podcast per week. So if you guys would like to support, please check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash fantasy and sports and consider donating and uh, joining the fantasy and sports uh, community. Alright, thanks guys. I'm out and uh, let's watch that Super Bowl and I'll also be having more and more podcasts come out on these weekends and uh, before the Super Bowl. Alright, bye guys.